Well, we've been studying the book of Colossians uh, for several weeks now down in the valley. Uh, Caterham Valley, that is, not the valley of the shadow of death. And after a couple of months, we are nearing the end of that series. And it seemed appropriate to share this final message with you all up here uh, on the hill. As it's uh, right at the end of the book, it's very clear that this letter of Paul's was meant for partnering churches too. Uh, So I'm going to read from Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 to uh, 18. And notice when we get to verse 16, uh, what it says there about sharing this letter with the neighboring church in Laodicea. Actually, I'm going to start the reading just with the first two verses of chapter 1, just to remind us uh, as to who wrote this letter uh, and who it was written to. So Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. And then to chapter 4, verse 7. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He's a dear brother, a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He's coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that's happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You've received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who's called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they've proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he's working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, See that it's also read in the church of Laodiceans, and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains, grace be with you. Well, this letter is part of God's uh, inspired word written to Middle Eastern churches in Colossae and Laodicea, and then, of course, for every church of Christ, including those that we represent here in Caterham this evening. And these last uh, 12 verses that we've read sum up the purpose of this whole letter. Uh, The NIV uh, heading for this passage. Final greetings, I think, isn't particularly helpful. Uh, It sounds like you're just about to see the kind of final credits 
uh, rolling after the end of a good film. And this might be the point at which you feel, I just need to go and put the kettle on, uh, and, or perhaps switch immediately to the next thing that Netflix is uh, offering you. The answer to that is clearly no for this passage. What we've just read here is a great example of Christian brothers and sisters from various different churches working together to encourage and support one another in this joint mission of serving Christ in the places where he has put them. And that's why it's so relevant for us as we gather together this evening. And I wanted to just to spend a short time, the short time that we have available this evening, to focus in on just three of these people, these individuals who are mentioned in these verses, and to see what expectations Paul had for each one of them. Because between these three people, we see uh, Paul's desire for these first century Christian believers. And we see God's desire, therefore, for all believers, for us uh, as believers in the Lord Jesus this evening. So first, uh, let's go to Tychicus. He's the kind of postman, I guess. He's the one that Paul is sending with Onesimus to deliver this letter. Uh, Paul, by the way, if you hadn't already worked this out, he's in prison. Uh, Remember my chains, he says here at the end in verse 18. He's, He's suffering because he will not stop telling the good news about Jesus. His uh, access to Wi-Fi is pretty limited, so he sends his good friend Tychicus to deliver this letter by hand. But that's not his only job. I don't know if you noticed this. Verse 8 says, I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. That he may encourage your hearts. So, Brothers and sisters in Caterham, uh, maybe even elsewhere this evening, how encouraged are your hearts? And by saying that, I don't mean just, you know, have you had a good day? If you were to flick back just to chapter 2, verse 2, you can see what Paul means by this. He says, my goal is that they, that believers in these churches, that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So let me uh, ask you again, are you united? Are we united in love? Have we uh, got to grips with these full riches that are ours in Christ Jesus? Now, there are quite a good number of hits here uh, this evening in the building. Uh, I trust quite a few more watching online. Between us, uh, we, I'm sure, could come up with a long list of things that are perhaps wrong in our lives right now. Poor health, maybe. Broken uh, relationships. Poverty, perhaps, for some. Sin that we're dealing with or trying to deal with. Stress. Busyness. Now, all of those things, of course, are are real, and they really can get us down. But if our faith is in the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, our hearts, sorry, in our hearts, we have this overwhelming reason to be encouraged. 
Look, uh, sorry, I'm going to flick around a little bit in in Colossians this evening. But chapter 3, verse 3 says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. I mean, seriously, it doesn't get better than that. And this is a promise to all believers. So Paul sent uh, Tychicus to tell these believers about him. And so that we would know about them. He would know about them. So that, it says here, their hearts would be uh, encouraged. Well, let's move on to Epaphras. If uh, Tychicus is the postman, uh, Epaphras, I think, is the pastor. It was from Epaphras that these people first heard the good news uh, about Jesus. But he's also, it seems, in prison with Paul. Uh, If you look across the the letter of Philemon, it it tells us that he was in prison certainly by that point. But he sends them uh, greetings. But much more than that, look again at verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. So if Tychicus wants us to be encouraged in our hearts, well, Epaphras wants us to stand firm. And in the context of this letter, this means stick to the gospel truths that you first heard, those, uh, this message of Christ that you believed when you first became a Christian. You have everything you need, it says here, in this mystery of Christ, which has now been revealed to you. Chapter 2, verse 9. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So don't be deceived by these people uh, who are clearly trying to get these believers in Colossae uh, to believe other things that simply weren't true. Things like religious practices being uh, vital, they were saying, for you to be brought to fullness in in God. They were saying that you need spiritual experiences. They were were saying that you need to follow these uh, moral rules. Well, the truth is that you don't need any of those things. You just need Jesus. So stand firm. Put down your roots, chapter 2 tells us, in him. Be assured in the gospel brought to you by Paul and the apostles. And here's an example for all of us. Don't just tell each other to stand firm. Pray for each other to stand firm. Epaphras, it says, wrestled in prayer. So let's maybe us, may us be, or we be, those uh, that will pray for one another. I have no doubt that we at CBC, we, we need your prayers from Oak Hall here. And, and I, as I say, no doubt that uh, you guys up here at Oak Hall, you need our prayers. So let's be those that wrestle in prayer for one another. But let's not stop at that. Let's pray for the community church just down the road. Uh, Let's pray for churches where perhaps there is evidence that they've already been drawn away from the apostolic message of Christ. Let's pray for them too. Let's not give up on them. Now, we're a bit short of time this evening. I want us to turn lastly to Archippus. 
Because uh, Paul says here in verse 17, see that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. Now, we don't know very much about Archippus. In Philemon, we read that a church met in his home. Uh, we're not told exactly what his ministry was. Uh, but we are told about the ministry of all Christian believers. Chapter 3, verse 17. Now, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then the following uh, verses tell us what it means to do that, to, to put Christ first, uh, to do all things in his name, in, uh, in the home, in the workplace, uh, and in the world at large. It means submitting to God's created order. It means depending uh, upon him. It means acting and speaking in ways that express the grace that he has shown to us. And I want to finish just with two examples, a good example uh, and a bad example. Now, part of our fellowship together, of course, is to rejoice in one another's joys and to mourn in one another's sadnesses. And since we last met in this kind of way, it's been a while, uh, you have suffered, I would call here, uh, the great loss of Dave Hughes. Now, Dave was clearly someone who completed the ministry that he received from the Lord. A little sooner, of course, than all of us would have hoped. But we trust in God's sovereign will, don't we? And we know that our sadness is mixed with thankfulness for this life of devoted faith and love. So, so Dave was a great example for all of us to follow. But Demas, on the other hand, is a warning to all of us not to give up. Look down at verse 14 uh, of chapter 4. Paul mentions here Luke and Demas sending their greetings. Uh, but from Paul's second letter to Timothy, a little bit later on, we learn that Demas had abandoned Paul because it says he loved this world. And that, of course, is the choice that all of us face. Love Christ or love the world. Now, at the start of chapter 3, Paul exhorts these believers to set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And that, I trust, is God's message to each one of us this evening as individuals and as churches. So let's encourage one another's hearts as Tychicus did. Let's stand firm in the will of God as Epaphras prayed. And like Archippus and like Dave, let's complete this ministry which we have received in the Lord. Amen.